Hello, and welcome to Listen in Worship for St Michael's and St Mary's Churches on Sunday the 11th of April, this second Sunday of Easter, where we declare still, Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Our sermon today is preached for us by Bishop Richard, the Bishop of Bedford, and our hymn of the day is sung for us by James and Miriam Reed, and it's Be Still for the Presence of the Lord. The Holy One is here. So I hope you really enjoy listening to the sermon and the hymn of the day. God bless you. Have a good day and a great week. May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Jesus came and stood among his disciples and said, Peace be with you. The disciples were afraid, afraid that the temple authorities might hunt them down as compatriots of the criminal Jesus, a fear for safety and well-being. It was a fear that went deeper, a fear of being shown up for having wasted a considerable portion of their lives following a loser. And maybe even deeper still, Bishop Stephen Verney puts it like this, a fear of the pain and guilt within themselves and the self-knowledge of how they had failed in the crisis. The disciples were afraid and like all such fear it diminished them, literally saw them hidden away behind locked doors. And it's into this fear that Jesus steps and he proclaims peace, that shalom, that eternal peace that is at the heart of creation. That peace which overcomes fear and quite literally in the power of the Spirit sets them free. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. So let's just think about fear for a moment or two. Fear can be our friend. Sir Arnold Fiennes, that renowned explorer, writes of how fear can be a welcome mechanism which enables the body and brain to work at its best. It's that fear that hones our survival instincts when faced with danger. It's that fear that enables us to hang on when climbing a sheer rock face. But on the other hand, fear, as with the disciples, can diminish us, damage us, indeed even kill us. A well-known example is the impact of the Chernobyl nuclear explosion. Research has shown that the fear of radiation has damaged far more lives than actual exposure to radiation itself. A UN report concluded the mental health impact of Chernobyl is the largest public health problem caused by the accident to date. And one outcome, the life expectancy of evacuees from the explosion area dropped 
from 65 to 58 years. It's also fear that divides us as people. At the most basic level, it separates us from those we perceive to be different. Fergal Keane, in a memoir, recalls reporting on the Northern Ireland Troubles. He concluded, Fear was the most powerful weapon in the hands of ideologues on both sides. Fear, he said, ratcheted up hostility, turning the hesitant into killers. And it's fear that so often inhibits us from being the people we're called to be. It's the fear of the priest and the Levite when they come across the man attacked and injured. A fear that's echoed in us and makes us hesitant to reach out to those in need. Fearful because we don't know them. Fearful of what it might cost us in terms of time and money. Fearful that it might change who we are. Once again, fear diminishes us. We are less than the person God desires. Jesus came and stood among his disciples and said, Peace be with you. Our reading from Acts chapter 4 is that remarkable but challenging account of the early church who lived out their newfound faith with amazing generosity and mutuality. The resurrection is proclaimed and great grace is upon them. In my experience, it's one of those passages that can so easily engender fear. It's not so much about whether collective ownership is relevant today or not, but the fear, the fear that we might be asked to give more than we are willing to do. Rather than responding to the call to generosity, perversely, it shuts us down. And yet if we don't allow the shalom to set us free, then we are diminished. Our discipleship is diminished. The Archbishop of Canterbury's Commission on Housing in its report coming home makes several recommendations, including releasing church lands for social housing. The opportunity for grace to be at work here is evident. The danger is that instead it will be fear that dominates, fear of being imaginative, fear that somehow we won't get top dollar, fear that we might upset some neighbours, fear of simply being generous. Here as much as anywhere else we need Jesus and his words of peace to set us free. Jesus came and stood among his disciples and said, Peace be with you. For the last 12 months or so, some aspects of our life together has been like those first disciples. Whilst there's been much to rejoice in and much to celebrate, doors have been locked. Access, at times online, has been limited. It's been hard to engage with the wider world. There has, for many, been a climate of fear and uncertainty. As much as ever, we need to welcome 
Jesus in, to let him stand in our midst, bearing the marks of the cross and his loving sacrifice for the world, and to hear from him his promise of shalom, to receive the Holy Spirit so that we too may be sent as he was sent by the Father to us. So let's ask ourselves, amidst all that might still engender fear, the continued threat of infection despite the vaccines, the toll of months of isolation, the uncertainty of, an, of a changed world, amidst all of that and more, what does it mean to hear these words of our Lord and receive his peace, his shalom? What is it to be released to serve our neighbour in ways that echo the, the early church? What is it to be emancipated, to reach out to those who are different from us in open and welcoming ways? What is it to be liberated to be God's people in ways that reflect the flexibility, imagination and creativity that we have discovered in being church in new ways over recent months. What is it to be set free that through believing we may have life in his name? Jesus came and stood among his disciples and said, Peace be with you. Be still for the presence of the Lord, the Holy One is here. Come bow before Him now with reverence and fear. In Him no sin is found. We stand on holy ground. Be still for the presence of the Lord. The Holy One is here. Be still for the glory of the Lord is shining all around. He burns with holy fire, with splendor he is crowned. How awesome is the sight, our radiant King of light. Be still for the glory of the Lord is shining all around. Be still for the power of the Lord is moving in this to cleanse and heal, to minister his grace.